Oh, hi, and welcome to episode 217 of No Crying in Baseball, the Leave Your Razor at Home episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hello, Potty Mouth. Hey there. Potty Mouth, who cannot be trusted with sharp implements. So leave your razors at home, definitely. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Um, we just had a very tasty little um, little bit of liquor. Yes. Local, want, local liquor. I would love to give a huge shout out, even though I just did on social media because I was so enthused about this taste of local liquor. Chacho, D.C. They're in Northeast in this in this little a quadrant now that is sort of establishing itself for craft alcohol because we can't say, just say beer. And actually, there's a, a cidery there. Ancho is there. And Three Stars, one of our like favorite all-time breweries and hellbenders there and now chacho distillery and they have this jalapeno aguardiente that is just it's an experience you should you should get it i would like that to be my spanish language word of the day even though it's not really baseball although it is baseball related because we had a tiny little bit before starting to record today yep on today's show what can you do during a lockout fun with former boyfriends we've got our new boyfriends for the rangers and the pirates We've got really fantastic Hall of Fame news. Minor league teams are getting bought up. Fascinating. We've got international baseball, and we are cross-training with so many sports. I can't wait to hear about all of that. That sounds really fun, and I feel like it's like new news to me, even though I'm like responsible for part of it. So we'll see where this goes. You know, when I see you, I think responsible. <laughs> yes, <For sure>. exactly. <laughs> exactly. And also, to give another shout out, we're, we're drinking local beer <laughs> because the chacha wasn't wasn't enough. So we're drinking Oh, It, it would have been enough. It would have been too much, I think, is yeah. the issue. Yeah. We're drinking Cosmic Winter from Silver Branch Brewery. Also lovely. It's a double IPA. So the important thing for us is we can walk to all of these, but they're in different directions. So we don't walk to both of them in one day. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Okay. So let me talk briefly about the lockout because it seems like the lockout is shutting down a lot of news, but it seems like other things are happening. So I want you to know what things are allowed to happen while we're shut down during the lockout. Clearly no free agency, no major league moves of any kind, unless you're at the manager and coach level. You can do front office stuff, you can do coach hires. So you will see some news about oh. that. People are still getting, they're, they're like, they're building up their coaching staffs, they're looking at new managers, all those things are going on right now. Minor league deals can happen right now. No major league deals, but you can sign people who were in the majors to minor league deals. For instance, my former boyfriend, D. Strange Gordon, um, two-time all-star infielder, last year just really dabbled in a lot of minor league systems. He was he started out the season in the Reds, went to the Brewers, went to the Cubs, and ended up at Pittsburgh. That was a lot in one season, and then Pittsburgh let him go, and um, yeah, so he was signed by the Nationals. So this is pretty exciting. That is super exciting. Like that's yep. the best landing spot for any boyfriend. Now we've got two former boyfriends. So and he's counting. yeah, he's had no appearances in a major league game since 2020 when he was with the Mariners, which is when you well you chose him. Before I chose him before then, that, but yeah. still with the Mariners. I think he might right? have been my first Mariners boyfriend, in fact. Yeah. But um, that's why he is eligible because he wasn't you know he was not on a 40 man roster. Okay, and you know not playing last year. I mean he was solidly minor league, so he can go from a minor league system to a different minor league system. So you will see other minor league signings happening during this lockout. So I'm wondering what the parameters of that are. Like, could somebody who is a free agent be considered a minor league player for a signing? Do you know what I mean? Like, is there any way to sort of be weaselly about this if somebody's not actually assigned to a roster right now and say, well, we're signing them on a minor league contract? I guess they just wouldn't be paid much. Right. I mean, they would have to agree to a minor league contract, yeah. which would absolutely Be suck. And stupid. so, I, yeah, I think they probably could because, you know, when you get um, released from a minor league team, you, in effect, become a free agent. Mm-hmm. So I think you could, but you you summed it up exactly right. I mean, you need you need to, if you are major league caliber, you're going to want to hold out for actual money. Yeah. I'm wondering how many other people in the same sort of, you know, caliber of D. Strange Gordon there are out there, like how much more action we're going to see on this line. There are a handful. I mean, this one came to my attention because, you know, I read the local news and he came to the national. So I saw that. But then I started looking and there there are, in fact, a lot of people moving around, but at AAA level or or below. Yeah. And actually, we have a Twitter friend who's a baseball fan. That's the, the name, baseball fan. And so I don't know exactly who it is, but thank you very much because this person uh, sent us this little, little, um, piece of news, but you clearly already knew it, saying, do you like this? And I was like, yes, yes, sure we this do. is something we like. Sure we do. Also, you know, we talked about the Rule 5 draft and the Major League 
Rule 5 draft, which is the only one we ever talk about, got postponed because it was supposed to happen on December 9th or something and obviously can't happen during the lockout. There is also a minor league Rule 5 draft, which is if you take all the rules for the major league one and you back it up. You just back it up by one. So for the major league one, you can, you know you can't be on the 40-man roster um, if you're eligible for this draft. Mm-hmm. For the minor league draft, you can't be on the 38-man AAA roster, right? So you, you know, it's, it's a level lower, right? Oh. So you can't be on an active roster, a 38-man roster for a AAA team. And if you were signed, if you were drafted out of high school or signed from an international pool, um, it has to have happened um, – in 2017 or earlier, or if you were drafted out of college, it has to be 2018 or earlier. So it's a thousand rules, thousand rules. And if you are, you can only, if you are a team, you can only draft from another team if you have room on your AAA roster. The 38-man roster is not full. You've got 36 guys or whatever. You have room for two. Okay. You can draft. And if you pick somebody, you pay that team $24,500. So this is entirely affordable. And so it's kind of like shopping. It's like, okay, yeah. you drafted this person and and you have been training him and now I'm going to buy him from, from you on the cheap and probably not even pay him that much money right. over their minor league career. But anyway, so that happened a lot. So it got a lot more coverage this year because it was the only game in town. So um, your team might be writing in your local news about who your team just picked up in the Rule 5 draft. It's the minor league one. So a um, couple more former boyfriends I want to mention briefly. One is Clinton Frazier, who I talked about before as having gotten you know, DFA'd by the Yankees and picked up by the Cubs. There was a little bit of fun on social media with him. If you remember, he was famous for long, luxurious, curly red hair. And, and then the Yankees... Right. had him cut it the crap off. And we did like a before and after picture thing there. We did. And now we get to do science. We're going to ah. throw science because he, he tweeted that, um, you know, he's looking forward to leaving his razor at home. And so now he's got the Yankees haircut. So now we get to see just how much hair grows back between now and opening day, whenever that's going to be, right? Nice. It's science. So our grooming segment, we're going to just keep checking in as much as we can on Clint Frazier's hair as it comes back to its original glory. Yeah, and then throughout the season, like, there's really no limit to this. Like, there is no limit. Where is he going to stop? I don't know. I don't think he's going to stop. I don't think he's going to stop. Um, other former boyfriend, um, Paul DeYoung of the Cardinals, it came to my attention because there was a, re- a story about him in The Athletic about what he's doing in the offseason, what kind of philanthropy things he's doing. And it caught my attention because Potty Mouth had been talking last week and before about all of this activity in the Dominican Republic for um, you know doing environmental things and other kinds of charity work done by baseball players in the Dominican Republic and mentioned an organization called Players for the Planet. Turns out Paul DeYoung, white guy, is also a member of Players for the Planet and also participated in this beach cleanup in the Dominican Republic. And I was happy to see that it went wider yeah. than just the guys that are from there. I mean, obviously, you, you want to take care of your own, but it, right. I, I like that that it's it's expanded. There are allies. There are people, you know, saying, yep, I want to help too. Please let me help. Yeah, really. And the, and the smart guys from the north, like if you're going to do a beach cleanup in December, I mean... Go to the DR. You are not wrong. But he's also doing some stuff in St. Louis. Um, because It has a lot of work on climate change situations. So the beach cleanup kind of fit into, you know, his environmental bent. But at, at home now in St. Louis, where his day job is, um, he has done a lot of work for funding the planting of trees in public parks. And oh, nice. he wants to expand that from like the designated public park where they needed the help to let's look for urban areas or other neglected areas that need trees that are you know that have been like you know deforested for whatever reason and let's let's pay for some trees there you know maybe when he retires he could come here to tacoma park because i think we could fit him in our city government that seems like right up our alley i mean we we do have um somebody with a title of urban forest manager right now but maybe they'll need an intern right maybe by the the time he retires maybe the job will open up or something like that So so these boyfriends that we're talking about, we're going to pick some new ones. These are the guys that we started picking last week and we're going to keep on picking in the offseason. We're going to go team by team from the worst record and work our way up. And we pick these guys because there's something special about them that jumps out to each of us. And this week we are second from the bottom with the Rangers for the American League and the Pittsburgh Pirates for the National League. Start out with the Rangers. And for me, actually, I have a theme this week, and it is all in the family. And I had no idea when I picked these two guys that I picked, but both of them are from families that are baseball families. So 
First guy I'm going to talk about from the Texas Rangers is Adolis Garcia. Full name, Jose Adolis Garcia Arrieta. Actually, quick little um, uh, name lesson for our Latin American players. Most of them actually have two last names. So when you look things up, you're going to see, like, we know him as Garcia. But when you look him up, it's Garcia Arrieta. So the first of the two last names is the father's last name. The second of the two last names is the mother's last name. And it's kind of, it's a neat way to do it without having to to deal with generations of hyphenation, which has become sort of an, mm-hmm. you know, an issue in, in this country. And, uh, and that's how it works. So if you're going to shorten it, it's just Arolis Garcia, outfielder, 28 years old. And what I did this this week I've, I've been just so fucking busy with work and stuff. And so when, when we screen our boyfriends, the first level is they should not be assholes, right? So what I do is I, I look at the roster, I pick a name, and I Google that name, Scandal. Yeah. And, I, <laughs> and I see if anything, if anything pops up. And then I Google that name, like charity or good work or something like that. Anyway, so each of my guys, there was like one hit that I was like, all right, they did something good. They can be my guy. So for Garcia, what I was super impressed with is he was on a little ad, hashtag take one for your team Instagram promo with other boyfriends of ours, such as Mookie Betts, Pookie, Eugenio Eugenio Suarez, Mm -hmm. your former Reds dude, Miggy, my guy from from Detroit, and Tim Anderson. You so like, hey, one of each. We went back and forth there. So all of these are good guys who did this promo on getting your fucking vaccinations. So I love to see that. Especially from a rookie Cuban player. Yeah. Be there for getting that demographic in and vaccinated. So he is Cuban. So, of course, we're going to have a defection story coming up. His father was a Cuban player. His brother, Adonis, and this is like, this is so common with Cuban names that like the siblings are so close. Like Yuriel Yulieski of of the, um, the, the, the Pina people, the, the fluffy hair folks. Um, and so <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I say when I have a win of a block on the last name. Oh, Lord. Um, I'll get there eventually. I'll come back to that one. So, so this is Adonis and, a, and, and I keep fucking this up and Adolis. So, I, and, and the funny thing is Adonis, like Adonis, right? Doesn't quite fit the Adonis uh, physique, shall we say, but Adolis does. Like, oh my God, this guy is huge and muscular. And all. And of course, I didn't pay any attention to that when no, I was picking him. No need for but, that. But his brother, they actually, they both played for the same Cuban team. And this is how it works in Cuba is you actually play for the team of your, of your town, which we've talked about before. So they were in Ciego de Avila in the Cuban National League. His brother defected first and played for the Atlanta team from 15 to 17. And he's quite a bit younger than his brother. Aguriel is the name that I was just blocking on a minute mm-hmm. ago. That was Yuli and, and uh, Baby Pina, Lourdes Guriel. Yep. So back to Cuba. They were playing in the Cuban League. Um, Adolis, I'm going to have a hard time with this name. I wish I could just call him Jose. They both actually are Jose and then the second name. So that doesn't even help so, me. Yeah. It's Jose Adonis and Jose Adolis. So they're just uh, fucking with me here. So he played in the Cuban League, and in 2015, he was just smashing it. His slash line was 315, 395, 517, and he ended up the season MVP of the Cuban National League. He played that year in the Pan American Games for Cuba, and his walk-off home run got Cuba the bronze. So that was in that, Uh. you know, 3-4 game with who gets the bronze medal. And then that February, so early, you know, in 2016, the Serie del Caribe, which is the the Caribbean Series Championship where each of the countries that participate, their team that won their country's championship is the one that goes to the Serie del Caribe. We've talked about this a lot before, so go back to past episodes. But also that you get reinforcements. You get reinforcements. So it's not really that same team. They also get to pick up a whole bunch of other guys anyway he was playing with it and with that team the national team in the Serie de Caribe and he won the game the walk-off hit in the 11th inning against the Dominican Republic which was the host country and my Leones del Escogido were the the team that they beat and brought them to the semifinals and if I had just fucking looked at my notes I would have seen the name Guria right here because both of them were on that team <laughs> with him damn it Oh, I All see right. where it says the guys with the fluffy hair. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's it. Says, it. Says, yeah. it says pineapple head guys yeah. right there. Yeah. So then after that, he decided to go abroad 
to Japan. And apparently you can do this from Cuba. So it's not a defection at this point. He signed with the Yamiori Giants, the, the Nippon Professional Baseball League for 2016 and did not adapt well. And so there's sort of a question between, was it him just swinging at everything? Because apparently he's, he's a power hitter, but not really good at identifying pitches. So he, he, it's called a free swing approach. But also, I mean, from Cuba to Japan is a really big change. There's a different style of baseball, different culture, different food. It just did not do well with him. So he was actually released after 117 plate appearances. He was batting 234, so that's a big drop there. So on his return trip, theoretically, to Cuba, and so here's where this defection story takes place, he was supposed to be changing planes in Paris uh-huh. and went on a different plane. So did not from change Paris? from Paris, did not take the plane to Cuba. Instead, he took the plane to the Dominican Republic and defected. And his, yeah, so it's not quite the same sort of boat adventure there. It's kind of interesting. And it's it's also like a question of when did he think of that plan? Was it before he signed? I didn't find that many details about it. Was like it. a delay at the airport? Like, oh, I, I could wait 15 <laughs> right. more minutes or I could take this plane now. Yeah, maybe. That could have been after like a few drinks at the bar. You know what? I think I'm going to go over there. But actually his wife also met him there. She went through Hades. So there must have been a little bit of planning involved. And then you have to do a certain amount of months um, to get residency and you become an international free agent. At that point, there were scouts checking him out. The Cardinals were the ones who signed him in 2017. And he just played 21 games with them in 2018 with not like that still that free swinging, shall we say, uh, style, not quite connecting with the ball. He was batting 118. And I mean, 21 games, that's not enough to really tell. But he was traded for cash in 2019 over to Texas. And then um, he was only up for three games in 20. So, you know, your your cup of coffee thing. I was thinking this is like decaf espresso. I would say espresso <laughs> if he had done well. But uh-huh. it's decaf because he didn't get any hits in those three gotcha. games and walked once. So you, there's, you can interpret yeah. that batting average right there. So then 2021, this past year, he's called up. And here's another like baseball boyfriend connection. My guy, Ronald Guzman, who was the wingspan dude who I had picked, I think, our first season with the Rangers. Did not actually do well, but he had a knee injury. And then Garcia, like, made his mark. And he got a lot of attention at the beginning of the year last year. He started with a huge bang. By the end of May, people were saying, oh, this is Rookie of the Year. He tied the American League with home runs with 14 at that point. He was third in RBI, RBI, that's the plural, with 38 and ninth in OPS and war. So a little... uh, Note that caught my attention. The only other Ranger with as many home runs in RBI in the first 42 games with Texas, none other than our beloved A-Rod. <clears throat> I'm going to just drink to get that foul taste out of my mouth. <laughs> mm. He did get American League rookie, out of the, rookie of the Month. And so, you know, people were talking about him for the season. He actually made it to the All-Star game as a reserve. So he was one of Damn. those, like, later voted in by the players and I, and I love, they called the three guys from the Rangers the killer Gs. It was Joey Gallo, which uh-huh. is my former Rangers boyfriend, sure. Kyle Gibson, and Adolis Garcia. Things didn't stay on that, you know, that same trajectory at that point. And it's a rookie. I mean, he is an older rookie. He's 28 years old. But still, it went up and down a lot. He was batting 316 in May, 216 for the month of September. But still, he made his mark on the books. He set a bunch of records. His team rookie records for home run, 31 in the season, 90 RBI, and total bases, 264. All of those are Rangers records for a rookie. Wow. He was the 14th rookie in American League history with at least 30 homers with 90-plus RBI in a season. And the third this century... And the other two guys who did that this century are past boyfriends. We are good pickers. We My are. guy, Jose Obreu from the White Sox, and your guy, Aaron Judge, in 2017, did it with the Yankees. And we got to bring in the defense. He was tied for number one in MLB with 16 outfield assists, which was also a Rangers rookie record. And number one for all MLB rookies at any position with 16 defensive runs saved. 
And my last just cute little thing about him is his nickname, El Bombi, which I didn't understand at first because I was like, La Bomba is the bomb in, right. in Spanish. So why do they call him El Bombi? Well, El Bombi is short for Bombillo, which is a light bulb, which apparently his head looks like. When he was younger, when he was like, that was a baby like nickname. So light bulb head. But that's my guy. I think he's going to be fun to watch. I hope like this year is just his punch out, you know, comes back year and he scores me lots of baseball boyfriend points. <laughs> Nothing mercenary about mm-hmm. that at all. So I'm actually excited. We're talking about the Rangers and I actually picked somebody pretty obvious for the Rangers. because I wanted to talk about these huge deals yeah, that they deal. made like right before the lockout. I mean, raise your hand if the Rangers completely shocked you with these giant... Yes, here, both of us, 100% here at NCIB. Um, they completely yeah. shocked us out of nowhere by paying big money for big names. So, you know, one fell swoop. They signed my former boyfriend, Marcus Simeon. They they signed my, you know... Um, uh, About to be boyfriend? Words are hard. That's right. Spoiler yeah. alert. Let's just go with spoiler alert. Corey Seager, my new boyfriend, yeah. and um, Cole Calhoun, and a couple of pitchers and all. And they paid real money. And, like, they came to play. Mm-hmm. Right, the Rangers came to play. They so Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon were considered two of the top five free agents on the market, and they got both of them. That's crazy for That's real money. Wild. For yeah, this, yeah, for and this sure. is our second week, so this is the second to the bottom team of the American League paid That's right. that much for these two guys. That's right, and with some analysis, like it, it seems like the, the things that attracted these guys were yes, money because they they weren't they weren't being yeah. cheap about this. They they got out the checkbooks for this, but also Globe Life Field, this new facility is a real selling point. Like Marcus Simeon, who had been playing at the Oakland Coliseum and then went to Toronto. So he played at a spring training facility, the AAA facility in Buffalo. I mean, like he didn't have like, right. I mean, like a really nice state-of-the-art clubhouse ever. And now there's one here and he took a look at it and he's like, this is a great place for veterans and also rookies to get whatever needs they have to develop them and keep them you know, at their best are all right here. Um, yeah, so the, the facility was a big yeah. part of it, but also apparently the the team had a lot of transparency in there. Here's how we plan to win, because as Potty Math pointed out, they were second from the bottom the past year. They've been having a couple of terrible years. Yeah, and how are you going to attract these marquee names unless you have a plan? And they showed in the plans. Here's what we're going to do. Are you in? You know, you need to buy into this. And so. Th- I think that kind of relationship building was pretty huge too. And I, I think they're they're looking at balancing a couple of these stars who are absolutely in their prime right now with these new guys like, you know, like like Garcia, for yeah. instance, and others to like, you're building for the future, but you're not starting completely from scratch. You're bringing in a couple of guys who are tried and true and super hot right now yep. to help, you know, and then bring up the new guys. So it's, it's pretty cool what the Rangers are doing. I think when we do our predictions, the Rangers may be my team to watch for fun, you know? Oh yeah, I think I think it might be the Rangers for sure. So no surprises, Corey Seager is my pick for Rangers boyfriend for the coming season. He's a shortstop. He's twenty seven. Feels like he should be both younger because he plays super young, but also older because he's been playing forever. That's exactly what just went through my head. I swear to God, I I saw it happening. I'm looking right at you. Really? Is it just twenty seven? Then I thought, no, I can picture him on a BMX. He must be like Mm -hmm. younger than. No, that's that makes so much sense to me. Yep, yep. So and you're gonna find out why in just a second. So um, he. Grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina, youngest of three brothers. You are familiar with his oldest brother, Kyle Seeger, playing for the Mariners. Their middle brother was also drafted to Major League Baseball. Um, didn't didn't succeed in the same way as brothers do, but um, said that the three of them always practiced together. And he said it was great because between the three of them, one could flip, one could hit, and one to watch. One could watch, and they would <laughs> rotate. So I mean, they kind of grew awesome. up helping each other and hanging out and playing baseball together, which is pretty cool. Um, Corey was drafted in the first round in 2012 by the Dodgers out of high school. That's why he feels like he's been playing forever oh. because he was drafted out of high school. Okay. So years sooner than it feels like. I mean, he had a full ride to South Carolina, but he went um, because the Dodgers said, here's $2.35 million. Yeah. Hard to say no. I mean, a lot of people that we talk about that say no to that initial draft at a high school, there's not a lot of competition. Like, would you want a free ride to college or do you want a couple hundred grand, which sounds nice. Right. But is it really the trade-off? Or if you go to college for two more, you know, three more years and you get this education and also are you then in the millions? Yeah. It can happen. So is that true? But he was already there. He was half out of high school. That's crazy. Already there. So his debut was in 2015, when when other guys are getting drafted out of college, you know, his age, right? Um, 
His first game was a two RBI game. His first hit was a double. Um, in, so in 2015, when that when he debuted, he also started. So he came up in September, right? We you know remember September call-ups? They used to be a thing until this past year. And what's unusual is a September call-up then starting a postseason game. But he started the NLDS as their, you know, the, the starting shortstop for the Dodgers, and he became the youngest position player to start postseason in their franchise history. That's crazy. Oh, the, my God. The following year in 2016, he was the youngest player in franchise history to, to hit a postseason home run, and, of course, it was versus the Nationals. Ouch. But that was the year that he was the unanimous vote for Rookie of the Year also. And, that same, and in 2016 and 2017, I mean, talk about, like, making a big splash right away, right? He was an all-star and a silver slugger both of those years, 2016 and 2017. 2018, he missed most of the season for Tommy John. Yeah, so he was out. He, yeah. Wow. Well, you know, you play that much and yeah. that hard, that young, and, you know, this is... Is this good? It's also oh. a little unusual for it to be, you know, an infielder, because yeah. you, you can see a pitcher, but, yeah, infielders have the same... They have those issues as well. In the fun fact category... In August of 2020, uh, the Dodgers played the Mariners. And if you remember, Kyle Seeger, big brother, plays mm-hmm. for the Mariners. Corey Seeger and Kyle Seeger both homered in a game against each other. And that became the first time the brothers homered against each other since uh, 2001. Parents must have been having fun. Right? Who do you root for? We root for everybody. Yeah. We just hope we- both teams have fun. Right. That's, <laughs> that's when you need that T-shirt. Oh, my God. So that same year, 2020, um, he was the MVP for both the NLCS and the World Series. Not too shabby. Wow. Right. And I can't believe that both of us are mentioning the name A-Rod in the same episode. Oh, my God. Why did that happen? Well, this is a good one. You'll like this one. So Corey Seager, when he signed just, you know, a few weeks ago with the Rangers for 10 years and $325 million, it was the largest Rangers contract since A-Rod. It was actually bigger than A-Rod's contract. So yay, Corey. All right. Yes. That's a record to break. So if you remember that that 2020 year um, when Corey Seager was busy winning MVPs and playoffs and World Series, they, they bubbled you know, the playoffs in, at different fields and Globe Life Field hosted those two those two series, right? So then um, the NLCS and also the World Series. So Corey Seager goes to visit the facilities because they're wooing him and they want to give him a tour. And he said, oh, yeah, I blew it off. I was, I <laughs> a lot of time here already. I feel, I feel like I know <laughs> the, the club. That's funny. But the other familiar thing for him was the manager, um, Woodward, the guy, the manager of the Rangers, coached Corey at the Dodgers and also his brother Kyle at the Mariners at, at lower levels in the minor leagues. And so they you know he, they have a, a prior relationship. Wow. And Corey calls him like one of my favorite baseball people. Aww. So that's a draw too, right? You know, people you trust are going to be there to help you. He was also super excited about playing with Marcus Simeon. Who wouldn't be? Right? <laughs> I mean, the two yeah. of them at second and short. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be killer. The, yeah, the double plays are going to be super fun to watch um, on those and that team for sure. So he's been doing a lot of charity work from from Jump. Like in 2016, back when he was a kid, remember Jack Peterson was, other former boyfriend of mine, was at the Dodgers at that time. And so they were doing baseball camps for charity together, including one in Hawaii, which made me laugh when you said, oh, Dominican Republic to clean up the beaches. You know, go ahead. Go, go ahead. to baseball camp in Hawaii. You right? know what? <laughs> go ahead and do that. And then for, more recently, like during um, the COVID shutdown, in May 2020, he and his BMX buddy, yeah. um, uh, Cody Bellinger, uh, participated in an auction to raise money to fight hunger. So the proceeds benefited World Central Kitchen, which is... This is tech support. Oh, that's tech support. We want that. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> You're not a cat coming in. You're the no. best. I didn't know you were someone. I appreciate you. <laughs> so you raised money for World Central Kitchen, which we're big fans of, and also Meals on Wheels, and a couple of other... Uh, um, hunger organizations. So that was pretty cool. That's impressive to do on their BMXs. That's right. And then he, um, just last December, I guess they're probably celebrating their first anniversary right about now, he married his high school sweetheart, Madison. And um, there was much play in People magazine, not only about all the COVID restrictions they had about temperatures and masks and testing and all that, but also who was wearing what and who was doing the catering and, and all of that. So um, <laughs> apparently it was that kind of wedding, but good for them for being careful and all that. And happy anniversary yeah. to Corey and Madison. 
Oh, that's awesome. Actually, yes. Mookie Betts' wedding pictures came up. Ooh, those are beautiful. Oh, I bet came they up are. Recently. They are gorgeous people. Absolutely gorgeous people. All right. How do I fit in Mookie Betts in the middle of this? Oh, because you were talking about weddings. former Dodgers and weddings, weddings. and stuff. We're going to go over to the National League before it. So while while I'm talking, and you can finish that beer, um, Mr. Potty Mouth came as tech support, as you just heard, with Obsidian Castle which I highly recommend. It's a dark beer that's not too heavy from Silver Branch, and here I am doing ads. You sure are, and I'm going to make a little uh, popping the, the can noise in just a second, so don't be surprised. Don't All right. I'm excited about my Pirates guy. He seems he's just a really good guy, and I, and I, I do think he fits you better, but I bet I took him first. Cabrian Hayes, Hayes, there's no N in there. Let me try that again. Repeat. Cabrian Hayes. Third base, 24 years old. And the, again, I did the quick, like, is he a good guy Google. I'm going to help you. And there we go. And this past year, he auctioned a pair of his cleats, a uh, home series against Arizona, with proceeds going to one of our favorite uh, charity organizations, More Than Baseball, that oh, does yay. support for minor leaguers. So just to know that he's out there supporting his minor league buddies is a good thing. And that was enough for me. And then I dove into it. And yet again, I have a player whose father played professional baseball. His father, Charlie Hayes, played from 1988 to 2001 on at least seven teams. I did. I wow. counted it up in a list. That and I, like a long time. I might not have been totally accurate. Yeah, he actually won the World Series in 96 with the Yankees. And then apparently Cabrian, I think, was born a couple months after the parade. So there was still that, like maybe he just like was born into that championship <laughs> vibe. But the interesting thing, and and I wish I'd taken a little bit better notes. I think that his father's father, his grandfather, died young, or there was something about his father not having a father figure. And Dusty Baker was Charlie Hayes's. So this is Cabrian's father. That he was his father figure. And he was like family to the Hayes family. And so Cabrian grew up with like grandfather figure of Dusty, Br Dusty Baker, which is, you know, he's, he's one of the adored of our podcast. And so anything that has to do with Dusty is absolutely okay with me. And actually, I saw an article where, where Charlie, the dad, said that that was the biggest thing with Dusty. He made it about the family. Like, we were Aww. the family. It's all about the family. And when it came to sort of like baseball advice, it's hard to do, you know, it's hard, I think, for, for fathers who are players to be too much coaching their sons because there's a lot of pressure. And then there's, you know, the parent-child relationship. But he kind of left that to Dusty a lot to sort of, you know, encourage Cabrian along. His older brother, Tyree, also a player. So this is another parallel thing that I just said with the Gar Garcia folks, older brother player. His brother Tyree played from 06 to 11 in the minor league system, uh, pitcher with the Rays and the Reds, but all, all in minor league. But it talked about, you know, the the training as a kid, you know, working together. Like we've got, a, I think, a whole podcast theme here because it's like what you were just saying, mm -hmm. that they played at home. And uh, he said, eventually we had to stop because there were windows like right there. And we probably broke those windows four or five or six times oh, with no. bouncing or playing off of the brick wall of their house. Mom eventually made us stop. <laughs> Yay, Mom. Yay, Mom. But there are also like stories about him as a little kid where he had a pink wiffle ball bat that he just took around with him everywhere, like to the mall, to church, to whatever. He was a lot younger than his brother, sort of similar to the Garcia family. And his bat was like his, you know, his thing, his little like stuffed animal kind of thing. Super hardworking, and he was just determined. And Charlie, the father, talks about him like he just what he had his goal he knew he wanted to be an MLB player and he through his entire childhood he just worked and worked and worked and he was a voted homecoming king but he said before the vote like don't vote for me because I'm not going to show up because I'm going to be at the batting cages <laughs> which he was he didn't show up he was also though a good student this is where he's like just I mean I appreciate the academics too but this is definitely a patty characteristic he had a 4.0 GPA in high Hell school yes. an offer at University of Tennessee but he knew 
that he wanted to be an MLB player. So this is the, the like, do you go to college or do you sign? Mm -hmm. And he knew what he wanted. He was a hard worker. And so he just signed out of high school with the Pirates in 2015. He came up. Well, sort of like he was with the the summer camp thing that happened last year in 2020, where there was like the guys that were kind of available. I'm just taking a sip of beer. Yeah, that was their mm -hmm. their, their second version of spring training. Right. Because they did spring training, season shut down. So they had to come back and have a couple of weeks of getting back in shape as best they could. So there was that. So he actually had his debut in 20. And for a father who was an MLB player that long and that storied in COVID to not be able to see yeah. his son debut yeah. was a little bit of a heartbreaker. And he literally said, and there was, there's, I put in a lot of quotes in this one because Dad Charlie is just, I, I want to have a beer with Dad. So sometimes this is like a family thing. We've done this before. But his dad said, I would love to be there, man. It's saddening that I can't. I know I'm going to cry. Oh. Because like I said, this oh. kid, he did all the right things. Dang. Yeah. Except for then he did catch COVID. So that, I don't know the story behind that. I didn't look at it, but he was out most of July and August of 2020. So he came in 21. He homered in his first at-bat of 21 against the Cubs and then injured. And he was actually out for a while. There was like a 10-day stint and then he was on the 60-day but he ended up coming back in the beginning of June. And then is the moment that we've all been waiting for. Dad finally gets to go to a game. Dad goes for the whole weekend. So dad signs up for like a three-game thing. He's so excited to see, you know, his son finally debuting. First game, he gets a couple of hits, including a triple. So yay, dad's Great. all happy. Yes. Second day, two-run home run. Woo! Dad is totally happy. Third day, final night with the dad weekend thing, he hits a home run. And so, like, so flashback for a moment to where you, I Googled the guy's name plus scandal. So when I Googled Cabron uh, Hayes' name, Cabrian Hayes' name plus scandal, this is what came up. That third night, he hit a home run. Opposite field off of uh, Bueller with the Dodgers. But he did didn't touch first base when he was running. Oh, no. Yeah. And they ended up losing the game five to three. Oh, social oh, media hell. goes nuts. Yep. And the biggest social media news, though, was that he was quiet, that he didn't say anything afterwards, because, of course, everybody wants a fucking statement. But it was his dad's last day in town. And yeah. his dad had just watched it like his dad oh. had been waiting all this time. Yep. So he was with his dad. He didn't want to go talk to the media. So I think there's like different ways that you can read into that. And he actually says that he and his dad laughed it off, laughed it off together. And apparently at some point, and I didn't look up when it was, but he got a grand slam and that's his dad's ringtone on his, on his <laughs> phone is the call. That the would be my ringtone for sure. Slam. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So in those 24 games that he played, so that is actually a full cup of coffee, I would say, in 2020, he had a crazy slash line, 378, 442, 682 on base. 21 went down a bit, but still pretty respectable, 257, 316, 382. So, of course, here I go again. Like, this is going to be my baseball boyfriend's year. 22 is going to be great. He is a responsible guy, and this is also why he's like – a little bit like me and a little bit not. He's a healthy eater, so I think I fall into that car sure. category. There's a lot of talk about his dad saying, like, you know, I, I would say let's go out for, like, you know, Chick-fil-A or whatever, Popeye's. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's very conscious about what he eats. And there was one interview where they speculated. And so this is where – this is, like, one of our – uh, um, qualifications for our baseball boyfriends is that it's a guy you want to have a beer with. So I'm not totally sure that Cabrian Hayes would have a beer with me because Charlie, it says Charlie doesn't know if the younger Hayes drinks anything but water these days. But that might be a season thing. He might be able to go for a beer with me now. I don't know. I, I think I'm just going to like leave that as there's there's a potential that I could have a beer with Cabrian Hayes. And I think we should treat have a beer with as enjoy their company. Right. 
and you know in a casual atmosphere they you know i bet he would come to a bar with you and drink his water and you know you guys can enjoy a conversation while you have an adult beverage so yeah yeah i don't think he would object to me having a beer which also is a good screening tool we do not want to hang out with guys who object to us having a beer right Because it seems like, you know, he would be fine with his dad, Charlie, having a beer. So he must be fine For with sure we would a have beer. a beer with Charlie. I really want to hang out with Charlie. I think and maybe he he'll bring like Dusty a... and we'll all be happy. Oh, my God. God would be fun? What a great this day that would be. Like, this sounds like a lot of fun. My, my, my last quote from Dad Charlie is when he was asked about, like, you know, training off season with the kid. And he's like, I, I basically just throw. I really don't say a lot. So it's like, <laughs> you know. Leave that to Dusty. Sure. Okay, so I've got a little bit different story about how parents interact with their kids. And and my my pirate's boyfriend, do you, um, dear listeners, recall about 432 times when Potty Mouth said, well, I picked this guy because he used to be on the Red Sox? <laughs> I thought that was, oh, yeah. That used to happen so, a lot. One of the reasons I picked um, Roberto, Roberto Perez is because he used to be on the Cleveland baseball team. Oh. Yeah. So he's a catcher. He's 32. So he is not young. He's on the older end. He's also like the, he's the primary catcher for the Pirates. He's the only catcher currently on their roster and will be for a while since everything is shut down. So help me with pronunciation. I believe I'm going to say Mayaguez. 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 Mayaguez, Puerto Rico is his home. Mayaguez, Puerto Rico. He was raised by his mom. His parents divorced when he was one years old. Oh, wow. So his mom raised him and his brother. His mom had been a softball player. So she was the one who took him to the park to, you know, to practice and, you know, play catch and do the swings and all of this stuff. And apparently, as he started playing baseball as a kid, she would be the one in the stands yelling to him about, what to do like you know your swing should be longer you should be what you know protect protect that part of the plate and yelling all these things and he said i used to roll my eyes and then <laughs> later on i realized she was right every time we want to have a beer with his mom we want to have a Absolutely. beer with roberto perez's mom perez's mom for sure so he really came up not a usual way he was drafted in the 33rd round mm. in 2008 for ten thousand dollars wow so way like you know just a thousand people down yeah. in the draft by Cleveland in, tw- in 2008 and one of the articles had this throwaway line about him working with Yadier Molina in the off season uh, and i think that probably means winter ball my yeah. guess is they probably played winter ball together and and Yadi worked with him that would make sense in puerto rico but yeah but but Yadi for sure clearly was one of his idols for mm-hmm. you know a, a thousand you know obvious reasons for sure um this fascinated me because, you know, Cleveland fan that I am, I did not know this about their catcher uh, for the past couple years. But in 2013, while um, Roberto Perez was at AAA with Cleveland, he woke up one morning and his face wasn't moving. He couldn't move one side of his face. Oh, my God. Bell's palsy. Oh, wow. That's terrifying. Bell's, he could not close his left eye for months. He couldn't blink unless he sort of helped his eye blink. He had to put an eye patch on in order to sleep. Ugh. He said his eye was either dry or tearing uncontrollably because it was basically stuck open. So, okay, for so think of two things. One is, how horrifying is that? Yeah. And also, you're a right-handed batter and your left eye is fucked. Right? So, yeah, that's, yep. That's not going to yep. work. So the team said, do you want to go on the, yeah. at the time it was the DL, and he said, no, I want to play. I want to help the team. I want to play. I want to figure out how to play. Oof. What he found was acupuncture helped. Hey. Eventually, it helped. But for a while before he got around to that, his batting wasn't so great because of the reasons that yeah. we just mentioned. So his defense was spectacular, but the batting was not great. So it took a little while till he came into his own with that. So he debuted in 2014. He was back up to Jan Gomes, another former boyfriend of mine for Cleveland. And in his in his uh, first game, he had a three RBI game, including a home run versus the Yankees. So kind of a nice, you know, the, the bat's kicking in. It's starting to kick in at this point. And then he finally got his chance to be the starting catcher for six weeks in 2015 when Jan Gomes sprained his knee. And that was his chance to play every day. For several weeks and apparently he did all right in um in 2016 that was his first um i think full season playing um he hit that was of course the world series for the cleveland team he hit two home runs in game one 
And you made a you wow. made a comment about one of your boyfriends was uh, was born was was that Garcia was born like right after right right yeah so his son was born two days after he had that two home run game hey so, <laughs> so he's destined right right so um he won a, his first Gold Glove in 2019 this 2019 season was stellar he played 118 games and he had zero passed balls no passed balls in 118 games. Um, he is the first catcher since Sandy Alomar in 1990 for the Cleveland team to win a gold glove. He led all position players that year, all of them with 29 defensive runs saved. He was the Wilson Defensive Player of the Year. He won the Fielding Bible Award. This is some sexy defense. So that was the thing that they, they liked about him to begin with. And then his bat finally caught up. This was also the year in 2019 where he was voted the Cleveland um, Man of the Year by the Baseball Writers Association. This was the season where Corey Kluber and Clevenger were injured. And so they had to bring up all these AAA pitchers who are now, you know, on the roster. You know, Plezak and 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 and, and, Pukal and um, Savale were all new. And he had to manage mm. these guys who he'd never caught before. Wow. So he was pretty stellar. And so it, all of that and still no pass balls and great defense and all of that. So it's pretty amazing. That's crazy. Yeah, won his second Golden Glove, Gold Glove in 2020. Do like me some defense. His uh, Cleveland declined his option in his contract for 2022, and he was signed by the Pirates on that on December 1st, that day of you know furious flurry of signings. So um, a Smart. quick look back on his mom. Um, his mom's home was destroyed in Hurricane Maria. Oh the the home he grew up in was destroyed in 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 Hurricane uh, Maria. And if you remember, at the time, we talked a lot about the Major League Baseball fundraisers that were going on, and then how um, the Cleveland team came to Puerto Rico to have those exhibition games in, right. and, you know, in the stadium in, in San Juan. And so he was part of all that. He had participated in, in Yachty's fundraiser for Hurricane Relief. Um, this coincided with him getting a real contract with Cleveland. And so he had some disposable income, so he was able to build his mom a new home. Oh. which was super special to him. Oh. And also there was a great story about her coming to see him in San Juan because... Oh, the game there. Yeah, because it was only two That's and a half awesome. hours from home instead of, you know, going all the way to Cleveland and whatnot. His nickname, I guess, growing up was um, was Bebo because he looked like a baby from a magazine. And so he, w- he took a lot of pride in telling his mom that before he was the starting catcher, that his teammates would say, it's Bebo day whenever he was going to catch. <laughs> so... It was Bebo Day. Um, he is married. He has um, three sons, and his mom told him about his kids. Be the father you never had. Oh, oh my God! Oh. Right? That just made me like d- yeah. everything. He refers sad. to to his oh. mom as um, his mom and dad. Wow! Because she did everything. I want to have a beer with her. Right? I think she's gonna have right? to be like. So an is honorary. it because we're of a certain age that we're more interested in drinking with the parents the of these <laughs> spectacular <laughs> players? Then yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's all right though. Yeah, so I feel pretty good about about Roberto Perez as my boyfriend I, for the yeah. Pirates. Yeah. So already, like, this is what's wonderful about our baseball boyfriend thing is like already I'm excited to watch the Rangers and the Pirates play. Like, go figure. When have we said that? I right. Heard, you know, it's like mm. it's gonna be fun. Yep. So talking about old guys, <laughs> I just want to give a little brief Hall of Fame thing. Last Sunday, right after we recorded, it was announced that the Golden Days Era Committee, which votes on players who are active between 50 and 69, and the Early Baseball Era Committee, which is pre-50, voted in some guys to the Hall of Fame who, you know, had been overlooked in a lot of ways, right? So they hadn't come in in the traditional route. And and way overdue. So for the Golden Days Era Committee, it was Gil Hodges, Jim Catt, Minnie Minoso, and Tony Oliva. And for the Early Baseball Era Committee, Bud Fowler and Buck O'Neill. And I just want to say a couple quick things about some of these guys. The only two who are still alive, you know, sadly at this point, are Oliva and Kat, and they were teammates on the Twins. So this is, like, going to be a big Minnesota Twins thing to finally get these two guys in the hall. And and a, a quote from Jim Cat just jumped out at me because he he talked about how the Hall of Fame really rewards these dominant pitchers, you know, the ones that you just – they're the big news lines. And he said, I wasn't dominant. I was durable. I was dependable. 
And those qualities get overlooked, and, it, and it's good to see him getting his day in the hall. And then Minnie Minoso, there are so many people who are all over this, talking yep. about how this is just so overdue. The man was a nine-time MLB All-Star plus four-time Negro League All-Star, played from 49 to 80. He's like one of very few players who had spanned over four decades. It's crazy. And for Latin American players, he was a huge trailblazer. He was the first black Cuban in MLB. But what jumped out at me was a really lovely Outsports article, which led me to a prior Outsports article, which was a letter by his son, Charlie Rice Minosa. And he wrote this article in Outsports the first Father's Day. I'm going to cry right now after he died, after Minosa died. And it, it's heart-wrenching, and it's, it's just loving, loving, loving. And the, the bottom line is, thank you, Daddy, for always telling me to be myself, no matter who told me I should change. So oh. his, his son, obviously, this is Outsports, his son is gay, and he's talking about the importance of Minosa supporting him through that. But then he goes to, you know, the first um, incidents when he came out to his dad, and being a little taken back by his dad's initial hesitance. But then he said, I came to understand that you didn't want your child to be treated, I'm totally tearing up, in the same cruel and ignorant manner that you were treated when you first started playing baseball. And that's what it was. He said, I went through so much, you know, first going into the Negro Leagues and then going into MLB, that's such a huge thing. And he didn't want his kid to have to go through that. But then as he understood the issue more and talked more openly with his son, he realized you are who you are. I'm going to embrace you and stick up for you. And and that's just absolutely endearing for, you know, somebody of that era in so many ways. So there's so many things to love about Mini Minoso, but I just wanted to add one one more. I'm looking forward to reading that article. That sounds fairly amazing. I do want to say that um at- our local uh, summer league, um, the Tacoma Thunderbolts, often has a trivia question as part of the the proceedings, and um, I usually know it. And I'm sorry to say that the <laughs> answer to one of the questions, I can't even remember the question, was Minnie Minosa, and I didn't know it. And I was like, hmm. well, this is a big problem for me. I vaguely remember that. I might have been at that game It was like, why, why do I not know that this is the answer to this question? Yep. Sure enough. Um, we're going to um, change to economics for just a second from, from the um, the heartwarming wow, family math, stuff. science, and economics. You're just Damn, stick to sports, yeah. potty mouth. What the hell? So um, there's a, a holding company called Endeavor, and they own um, a couple of talent, entertainment conglomerate, like management agencies like WME and IMG. They own a lot of sports teams and leagues like UFC, EuroLeague basketball, professional bull riding, for gosh sakes. Really? That's a thing. That's a I thing. Hello, fans of the, the series Yellowstone. Oh, that's a baseball tie-in because, um, you know, Kevin Costner from our favorite baseball movie oh. is a cowboy. He's, I am. I need a cowboy. to see this. Yeah. I, wow. Sure enough. Right. Anyway, so Endeavor, that's besides the point, and yet I was happy to go down that rabbit hole. I would have just <laughs> taken off. Yep. Sure enough. So Endeavor developed a new subsidiary called Diamond Baseball Holdings, and they have basically purchased the following AAA teams. The AAA for the Yankees, the Cubs, the Cardinals, and all of the Atlanta minor league teams, single A for the Giants, and the high A team for the Yankees, and they're in talks to acquire more. And this is fascinating. It may be horrible. It may be great. I just don't know yet. So their new CEO for this subsidiary for Diamond Baseball Holdings was a consultant with the commissioner's office when they talked about restructuring the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, he's got some, you know, huh. some like fingers in the, the you know, development of all of this stuff. So these group, this, this group says that what they want to do as owners is help with ticket sales and partnerships and naming rights and food and beverage and merchandising and content strategy and, all, and media rights and all of those things. And you know what? These guys are really good at that. Because they've been doing this for other sports leagues and because they're huge. But they do say, and it may just be lip service, we don't know yet, that they want to like help these you know, community teams. So they, they, they seem to, at least on paper, understand that these teams are part of a community 
and they want to keep that, but they also hmm. want to leverage the fact that if they own several teams, they can um, they can unite like these marketing plans. They can you know they can they can pull these things together and do it more efficiently and maybe at a higher level because they have there may be entertainment tie-ins because they have these you know talent management mm-hmm. companies as part of it so the jury is way the heck out what this yeah, gonna, it could be know. it could be super great it could be it depends how much autonomy the teams will retain to yeah. have the flavor of their community i mean having this expertise available on its own sounds like a good idea but can the local teams still be the local teams? They are talking to a bunch more teams. They would like to buy up a lot of these teams, in fact, to just sort of, you know, develop this whole, you know, it's their cross training, man. They've yeah. got, you know, they've got the UFC over here and bull riding over here. So why not have baseball over here? But um, it's kind of fascinating to me. I My initial, like, I, Potty Mouth is cringing right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I cringed initially. Feel sure. I cringed initially, and then I relaxed for a half second. Then I thought, no, I'm being fooled. Don't keep st- maintaining right. your cringe. So I don't know. I don't know where this is going to go, but I think it's worth watching. Please keep your eye on this. If you um, live near one of these teams, keep an eye on what it feels like yeah. in your neighborhood about these baseball games when they start happening again in the spring. Does it feel different? Does it feel um, like it's still your community? I want it to still be your community, but I want it to be not so hard. I want it to be easier for these teams to be able to, like, you know, how to to get butts and seats, to sell tickets, to have people want to come to the games, to, you know, make the marketing better. All of those things are good, but is it okay at the expense of losing the community value that these minor league teams bring? I'm just, I'm fascinated by the fact that they're starting with Yankees, Cubs, and Cards. I mean, those are big names. It's weird that they would agree to something like that. And this. all the Atlanta teams, not just the AAA, but the wow. whole farm system for Atlanta is part of this. All right. And they're talking to more. These may, these were just like the first to agree. I don't know if, yeah. To be continued. Yeah, for sure. All right. I'm going to try to breeze us through international baseball, uh, starting with the KBO. Hmm. So Yasiel Puig, who I've been speaking about in the past uh, recent episodes, just signed for a million dollars with the Kiwoom Heroes, and that is the maximum amount allowed for a first-year foreign player. He is resigning right now from the Toros del Este, where he is in the in the Dominican League and lead them, and they're in the last place anyway, so I don't really need him. And it's it's interesting because he has been trying to mount this really big push to get back into MLB is what it sort of seemed like right. with his off-league play and his Mexican League and, and Dominican Republic and changing. We talked about him changing um, agents, right? right? Mm-hmm. Leaving Rachel Luba for somebody else. And now he's signing in Korea. So I don't know if he's like reading the writing on the wall that he just doesn't have a, have a chance. And and what's interesting is last week I almost talked about him, but we ran out of time that he had published this statement on Twitter, which was kind of like a I want to get this off my chest thing. And it was talking about helping Latino players acculturate. And I think a lot of it was, I don't know, removing responsibility from himself in a lot of ways, sort of saying, sure. like, I didn't know any better kind of thing. Nobody helped me to acculturate, and that's why I was act- acting like such a dick. I don't know. Like, <laughs> he said, I learned the lessons the hard way. One point that he did bring up is that he's coming from, a, he was he's Cuban. He was coming from a country that had a censored media. Oh. And so maybe he didn't understand how the media spin would take off on him. But still, like we're talking about, you know, his his alleged assault issues. And that's just, you know, there's no fucking excuse for that. So I don't know. I'll try to link to that statement that he said about helping Latino players acculturate. There's some good points there. But overall... He knew he couldn't he couldn't polish up enough to get to MLB next year. So he's making some money. He's going to Korea, and uh, and he's out of Leadom. And like I just said, his team is not in the in the runoffs anyway. Right now in Leadom, the regular season ends this Friday, and there are six teams, and four of them are going to go to the playoffs. Right now, as we're recording on Sunday afternoon, not having seen the the results of the Sunday games, the Gigantes and Estrellas Orientales are tied for first place. So that's two teams tied for first. 
there are three teams tied for second. That would be the Tigres de Lice, the Leones del Escogido, and the Aguilas Ibeñas. So that's five teams in competition for four places. So we've got like four days. I know they have tomorrow off. There's games being played right now. But then there's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. There's small amount of games to get the last, you know, four for the playoffs. So pay attention to lead on. Are there very complicated tiebreaker situations? I, I honestly don't know. I need to look into Shoot that. Shoot out? Yeah. <laughs> it could be. It's got to be more of a dance-off is what I would think. Okay. Actually, to, speaking of dance-off and moves, Dustin Knight uh, is, is on my lovely Leonis del Escogido, and he's a relief pitcher, most recently with the Orioles, matter of fact. He's one of these guys who'd been a longtime minor leaguer. He played a few games with the Orioles last season, seven games in 2021. Nothing spectacular, but he's, you know, trying to fight his way back. He's a free agent right now. He has a, um, a celebration ritual of doing a backflip on the mound. And I've got to show you this video. Oh, I want to see this video. So he, when he has a save, he does a backflip. So the other day, he did a backflip just, you know, in the in the middle of the game. I wonder how his um, coaches feel about that. As far as, okay, you know, if you land it, it looks awesome. If you miss, yeah. that's like, you know, injuring yourself by punching a wall or playing with your drone or luggage situations right. or wild boars. Mm-hmm. Did, I, did I get the top five <laughs> or four or five? I think so. Backflip <laughs> on the mound would probably do it. He's been landing it, though. I don't know what kind of training he has for it. Yeah. But here is our first uh, Spanish word of the week, uh, palabra en español de la semana. Backflip, apparently, at least in the Dominican Republic, is fifla. Fifla? Fifla. Which Wait, I, is, isn't that soccer? Oh, no, that's, that's, that's FIFA. FIFA. Okay. <laughs> right, right, right. So close. So Cross-training. So check FIFA. our show notes for the FIFLA of, did I say that right? Yeah, FIFLA. I hope so. Of Dustin Knight. Uh, into Venezuela, their regular, se- regular season doesn't end until the 26th of this month. And all sorts of exciting things are going on there. The Navegantes de Mayaganes, um are holding the lead. And they've clinched. They're going to be in the playoffs, which is a round-robin type of situation. My team, uh, the Cardinales de Lara, are only back three. So okay. I think they're also going to make the playoffs, I'm hoping. But my reason for picking Cardinales, besides the fact of my friend who's, who's a longtime fan and from Venezuela, is Idelmaro Vargas, who was my D-backs boyfriend a couple seasons ago. And he has just been cranking for the Cardinales this season. Yet today, today, right before the show, he broke the team record for consecutive games with a hit. He's got 22 games as of today. So I'm going to knock on all sorts of wood around here that he keeps going. He's also chasing the team's home run for the season record of 19. He's currently at 11. He's got till the 26th. That's a little bit tight, but you don't know. He's got to crank it up. And the interesting thing is previous to that, and he's at 11 now with some time to go. His previous season high was three. For the for the Venezuelan league, that's a hell of a change. Well, so now I have a lot more confidence in him getting that record because he's wow, that's he's amazing. cranking. Yeah, I, know, I hope so. He's doing all sorts of cool things. Yep. So watch international baseball people right now. Actually, what time is it? Oh, it just started. The the Liga de Baseball Profesional de Roberto Clemente in Puerto Rico All Star Game has just started. So y'all can just check on YouTube for the replay, and our Spanish word of the week. I wanted to go into types of hits that I think I have. Uh, I've been trying to do like everything off the bat recently, right? We did single, double, triple, home run, which is sencillo, doble, triple, quadrangular, or home run, depending on how you how you um, call it. And then we talked about that hits are are called unstoppables, which are imparables. And there are two types of hits, as we all know, right? Line drive and pop up fly. So a line drive is a linea. And a pop-up is elevated, elevada. So there you I go. I think I can say those. Linea and elevada. Perfect. Woo. Perfecto. Excellent. If you don't make me roll an R, I am much better <laughs> at all of this. I am much better at all of this. I will keep that in mind for future. All right. Well, that's, I need to practice for sure. All right. Um, I'm going to end with some cross-training. I'm wearing my ugly sweater pattern t-shirt from it. the Caps game I went to this week where the Caps won in a shootout. 
So wow. it was super exciting. It was, you know, exciting the whole way through. One of my favorite moments of the game was the guy that was sitting next to me. We were playing the Anaheim Ducks. The guy sitting next to me at the end, like, we're, you know, we go through three periods. We're almost at the very end of the game. Looks at me and says, where are the Ducks from? <laughs> and I said, Anaheim. He's like, where's that? Wow. And, far, far away. And I said, California, near near Disney World. It's like, thank you so much. Like, he was so Aww. sincere. And I thought... I'm bringing like geography lessons to the world. I'm feeling good about this. Yeah, yeah but it, wow, you bought tickets for a game against the Anaheim Ducks and didn't know the Ducks were from Anaheim. Right, right. Well, I understand not knowing they're from Anaheim, but then not knowing where Anaheim their name, is. Their name is the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, well, there's that. I mean, it says so on everything. We're playing the Anaheim Ducks, but yeah, so that was super fun. So yay. So in the vein of hockey, the um, the Washington Capitals um, absolute foe. Their their rival is the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they became new. Their news right now because the Fenway Sports Group. Wait a minute, who likes the Red Sox around here? That would be me. That would but be, I, Why are they fucking with the Penguins? Because get some Bruins to what, care about. Well, because the Bruins probably weren't for sale. Right. That's so the very Fenway true. Sports Group not only owns the Red Sox, but they own Liverpool, the English Premier League club. They own a NASCAR team. And talk about cross-training. They're cross-training like every day. This is how they live. And now they have put a bid in to buy the Pittsburgh Penguins NHL team. This needs approval by the NHL Board of Governors, which everyone expects hmm. to happen by the end of the calendar year. It's going to be like 800 and some million dollars and change. It's currently, um, the team is currently owned by some former players. Um, and huh. they will probably stay as um, like minority owners. To to like retain that sort of local, you know, the interest, the community, the whole situation, but then have this giant holding company hmm. being bankrolling the whole situation. So cross training baseball and hockey, two of my favorite things together again. Only it's potty mouth's team and the foe of my favorite hockey team. But other than that, it's perfect. Yeah, they're they're black and gold, right? They're both. I don't know. They've got Bruins colors. That's just weird. That's just the. I don't know. That doesn't sit well with me. But also, like talking about ex- extending the the sports uh, circle on this. This is the group that uh, LeBron James is part of. It is. That is true. That is true. So, and, you know, as Cleveland girl, I care about such things. Yeah. Right. Wow, it's it all, all comes coming, together. That's how we like to wrap up a show. It all yes. comes together in the yes. end. Yes. I, I still think you need to come to a hockey game with me. I really want to go to a hockey game There are game some. There's, there's, there's hockey games through, like, you know, May. We need to look. At, that's weird. But we need to look into one in, in the cold months. I would rather see one in January. All right. If I really We're going to talk. May. And then maybe right. next time Potty Mouth will report back from the cross training at a hockey game. I want to see if the Bruins are coming. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So this week I am I'm hoping that my kid will come home from school very soon. And Aww. then we can celebrate some holidays. I hung some lights. So my house looks festive. And I'm happy about that. And I've got one more week of work. And I'm taking a week off. That's awesome. Yes, I am. How's your week looking? My week looks like shit. I've got oh, no. something every night this bah week. Humbug. It is a big bah humbug week. Like for not me. fun things. Not like oh, I'm going to happy hour. No, I'm going to this. No, 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 no. no. Uh, I'm sorry. Two nights of work and two nights of other shit. So it's not a fun week. But you know, vacation like that aforementioned all vacation. I, ever wanted. I have the school break vacation. So as soon as yeah, exactly happy Thank to you. get away. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got from the 23rd to the 3rd off, and I can't right. fucking wait. Yeah. All right. All right. That's 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 how we celebrate here with, with, with vulgarities and desperation. <laughs> and, and, and shots of chacho. And ch- shots of ch- chacho. Okay. And maybe some apple cake when we're done. Because, boy, oh, Potty Mouse House smells really good. Let me just say it. Okay. So, my friends, my friends, our listeners... If you're new to our show, we hope you'll go back and listen to some past episodes. Tell your friends and family if you think they'd like to hear us talk about baseball. Um, If you can leave us a review or a rating, we would appreciate that. And please find us on social media. Hang out with us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast. And, you know, some folks have been giving us, like, hints for stuff we should talk about on the show. That is totally cool. So send us a message on Twitter or even Facebook and Instagram at No Crying in B-Ball. All right. While we're busy looking up boyfriends for Minnesota and the Washington Nationals already, that's depressing. We hope you're (laughs) out getting your booster shot because you're going to be seeing your family real soon. And um, please 
fight the man, always fight the man. And until next week, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. Will you take the responsible role and, and pour beer? That's the responsible role?